praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I will not be long tonight. Let's stand. While we're standing, I do want to say a special thank you to um, somebody that has done a lot of work helping organize uh, the food on Tuesday night and on Sunday nights. Have you been blessed by that? Amen. What a blessing that is. A huge blessing. I cannot think, uh, you know, God just knows if, if you were to do anything on this piece of property and we've been able to do some amazing things and we're still doing amazing things because of your faithfulness and your giving and what have you. Cafe 43 has been one of the best things we've ever, ever done. We never foresaw a pandemic. We never foresaw all of that and the ability to sit down with people at Cafe 43 and to have a, a meal it's not a cheap meal, it's cheap financially, but it's always very, very good. Sister Kelly Brock arranges that every single week. We need to give her a hand of appreciation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. It's always excellent. And she organizes people and people have done an outstanding job of providing something for us to eat. Sister Chrissa Frost does a fabulous job running Cafe 43. Amen. Thank you, sis. Amen, amen. Praise God. We have had conversations about things to do and what to do and immerse yourself into ministry and God just opened the door for her and she loves it and she operates it efficiently with a smile and I appreciate that so very very much so thank you to everybody that has made a meal you brought a soup you created a sandwich you provided some way shape or form you have been truly a great great blessing to us one of the the best things that could ever happen is to go over there and meet new people that's what's really that's what's exciting amen sometimes we have the ability to just take off and go but i've met co-workers and people that have stepped over there and we've been able to connect with them that means very 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 much so i don't care if it's charismatic or not it's the best thing we've done on this piece of property praise god it's fantastic. Praise God. And you can put this in your pipe and smoke it. It's apostolic. It is apostolic. The message we read this morning was they continued steadfast in what? The apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and if you go on, breaking of bread. So what we do is we have church. We have doctrine, we have fellowship, and we have an opportunity to sit across from each other and break some bread. And there's power in that, by the way. Amen, there's power in that, by the way. I'm being somewhat facetious, amen, but I'm certainly thankful for everybody. We're working on a youth center. It's almost fin finished. It's going to be absolutely incredible. I don't know, I've not been anywhere. Uh, I really haven't with facilities that, and I've been to some pretty amazing places, but, but not the function that this piece of property has. The Libby Center is fabulous. The gymnasium and the new uh, kitchen and serving area is, is excellent. And we're also building a T-Rockets headquarters in the latter part or the back part of the gym with new racks, it's been painted. Brother Josiah Winkler is working him and a crew doing that. Praise God. There's just, there's a lot going on and we're, we're not finished. We're, we're, we're still moving. So once we get through 238, the next thing that we need to do uh, shortly into the new year is we need to, we need to reimagine the sanctuary, the lobby, the bathrooms. And so that's the next thing. So I'm just throwing that out there because sometimes change is difficult, which means that's probably going to be a, um, I better not say, Brother Greg might throw something at me back there. Six months, it's gonna be a six month project. We gotta take out all the carpet. These subs are not supposed to be there. They're supposed to be underneath. We got a saw cut, and put them underneath. We gotta replace the carpet, the pews have to go out, we have to refinish the pews, reupholster the pews. 
You got to paint the whole place. We got to redo the bathrooms, retile. You're going to redo the lobby. And then when that's all said and done, we will maybe take a rest. <laughs> take a rest. There's always something to be done. And there, there have been people on this property working tirelessly to make sure that we're ready for 238. I'm just thankful to be a part of a people working, moving. And I'm thankful tonight to be in a communion service. It's been a year, and I'm thankful for what God has done in that year. Some of you, this is your first communion service this year. And we need to thank God for that right now. We need to thank God for the fact that God's still doing great things. Amen. One passage of scripture, it's very, very short. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 20. We will read the preceding verses during the communion service uh, and the Lord's Supper, but I'll just use verse 26. Um, verse 26. Appreciate the message this morning, Bishop preaching this morning. Did you enjoy that this morning? Thank God for, thank God for steady, and thank God for being steady, and thank God for His Word and the strength of His Word. Verse number 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. For as often, for as often, which that puts things in the present, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. You do show the Lord's death till he come. Till the Lord comes is what I'm speaking about for a few moments. But in that passage, there is a past because it's the Lord's death. And there's a present as often as you do this. And there's a future till he come. So it's all found right in that, that short little verse. What is the Lord's Supper and why do we do it? Because it impacts our past, our present, and our future. And the Lord is in the midst of that. Lord, we thank you and praise you and worship you. We ask that you would direct us tonight to be thankful for the sacrifice that you have richly given to us. Calvary and what it means. You are great and greatly to be praised, and we acknowledge you, and we thank you, and we praise you, and we ask these things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I just want to talk about these three points here tonight for a few moments. This is Paul. He is reiterating some of the words of Jesus, and we'll say those words tonight in the communion service. Jesus, uh, when he met with his disciples... At the Last Supper, he gave them these instructions. And Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, a church in Corinth that is having a lot of struggles and difficulties. They are divided. They're struggling with unity. And at the same time, they're too spiritual. And so he's trying to balance them. And one of the things that he points out that is a good thing to help with unity we ever lose sight of the fact that we are unified around the cross, then we have lost sight of great, great vision. And Paul said the communion service is important. The Lord's Supper is something that he received and that he delivered and how that Jesus gave these instructions. And he gives these words. And then at the end of that, he says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. So there are three phases, there are three things that happen in terms of time that, that is captured on this particular day. The past, the present, and the future all come together in one service when we participate in the Lord's Supper. The past, Jesus died. And therefore, there is a past that is associated with his death. We look back to Calvary and we recognize the power of Calvary. That Calvary experience is connected to a sacrifice that goes all the way back to the Hebrews who make their way out of Egypt and they put door, they put blood on the doors, the posts of the doors of their house. And they remembered that. It was the Passover. And every single year, they spent time reflecting on that. God brought us out of bondage. We were in slavery. We were enslaved and bound by the Egyptians. And there was no way out. But somehow, God spoke to a man in a burning bush. 
and said, the I am is sending you to take a people that is called by my name out of bondage, out of enslavement, and give to them a liberty and a freedom. Moses went back to Pharaoh and said, the Lord has called me to lead a people out of this land. They looked at him and laughed at him and mocked him, but certainly God was with him. And it took a while for them to understand the Egyptians were not going to be able to retain the Hebrews. They were leaving Egypt and they were going to a promised land because there was a God big enough to take them out of their bondage and provide to them a liberty. And it happened when there was blood applied to the posts of their doors. There was a Passover lamb that was slain without blemish and without spot. They dressed and they were ready to leave the land that they had grown up in. And they were pursuing a better land, a promised land. And on that particular day, they walked out and they made their way out of Egypt into a land that God had prepared for them. It is the same with us. We would not be here tonight if it had not been for the ultimate sacrifice and a lamb that was without blemish. Praise God. The blood that is applied to the post of the door is not a literal blood, ladies and gentlemen, here tonight. We don't do that anymore because the sacrificial system was swallowed up with the coming of Jesus Christ. And he gave to us a sacrifice once and for all. He didn't need to do it again. Once and for all. Blood was shed at Calvary and when I was baptized in Jesus' name, the blood was applied to my life and when the deaf angel passes by, he has to pass by me because the name is associated with my life and associated with the name is the blood of Jesus Christ that washes and cleanses from every sin. God called you out of bondage. He called you out of Egypt and he's taking you to a promised land. Amen. Somebody said, when and what is this supper for? And what are the requirements and the regulations? The regulations are just like those Hebrews. If you don't find a spotless lamb and you don't put the blood on the doorposts, then there's going to be a death angel that passes by. Can you imagine the preparations that must have been made, especially the firstborn? Because when the death angel passes by, if there's not blood on the posts of the door, the death angel will take the firstborn. You better believe the firstborn wanted to make sure that everything was followed. <laughs> We've got the right lamb, right? Because I want to live. I want to live. And so there was preparation that was made. You better believe baptism is more than a tradition. It is the blood being applied to the doorposts. I, I want to make sure I find the right lamb and thank God I found the right lamb. His name is Jesus <laughs> and without blemish and without spot. He is the perfect lamb once and for all. He satisfies the entire Old Testament system. You found the perfect lamb in Jesus. His blood is able to wash and cleanse and renew from every sin anybody thankful here tonight come on anybody thankful here tonight hallelujah that the blood was applied to your life amen how does it get applied to your life how 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 you answer me that question how does it get applied to your life baptism is not a tradition you get baptized you sign a church card you're part of the membership of the body no baptism is more than that it goes back and it's connected to that same experience in Egypt. When you are baptized in Jesus' name, calling on the name of the Lord, praise God. The sacrifice at Calvary, which is in the past, that sacrifice and that blood that was shed at Calvary is applied to your life when you identify in his death and in his burial. And his name is applied to your life. You don't, you don't need to find literal blood 
and put on the doorposts of your house, but you need to find a blood that was shed that is applied to your life symbolically through the act of baptism where an operation takes place. An operation takes place in which God cuts away the old stony heart and he puts a real heart in you and his name is applied to your life. Baptism is absolutely essential because it is the putting of the blood on the doorposts of your life and my life so that the deaf angel, when he passes by, he has to pass by you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. So the Last Supper and the participation of the Last Supper is for those individuals who have been baptized in Jesus' name. That makes sense? It makes a whole lot of sense to me. If you have been baptized in Jesus' name, then you haven't applied his blood to your life. And you need to understand that new birth experience and the practical application of that gospel message is applying blood to my life. So I don't want to take the Lord's Supper unworthily. And if I haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, then I would be taking the Lord's Supper without understanding the connection of the blood being applied to my life. Praise God. So this is, this is how, how this is defined. Someone said, well, well, at what age? If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, then you can participate in the Lord's Supper. Because if you've been baptized, you should understand what baptism is about and for. It says why you don't baptize too early, but you make sure a child understands what baptism is for. And then you make the, 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 the distinction and the connection with the Lord's Supper and the blood that was shed. So this is a defining moment for individuals that might say, do I participate or do I not participate? If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you should participate because it really, really means something to you. If you haven't been baptized and don't feel like you need to be baptized, you're not understanding the connection and how powerful and efficacious and affected the blood of Jesus Christ is. Amen. If, I, if I'm going to apply the blood that's powerful and effective, I'm going to do whatever I need to do and I'll make sure that I, I've got it right because I want to be saved. I don't want to wake up in the morning to the morning all over Egypt as the firstborn when the deaf angel passed by, the blood wasn't applied that you say, well, that's terrible. How could God be a God of mercy if he provides judgment? You listen to me. I'm sick and tired of that kind of talk. I hear that talk all the time. God gave how many plagues did he gave? How many opportunities? Opportunities. How many? How many? His mercy always precedes judgment. God just doesn't just out of the blue give judgment without first trying his very best to reach out and to save. He goes to the uttermost to reach out and to save you. Don't you put point your finger at God and say, you're a God of judgment and not a God of mercy. God reaches out for every single one of us. He goes as far as he can to throw you a light. Lifeline. That's secularism wrapped up in agnosticism and atheism that wants to make God a meanie with a big baseball bat. People that have no understanding of scripture at all will make claims about who and what God is. God is a God of mercy that loves you and reaches out for you every single day. The fact that you have breath to breathe is God reaching out in his mercy to you. Tonight in this service, the presence of God has been in this place to reach out to you. He's a God of mercy and his blood washes and cleanses every sin. I want to make sure I got it right. Amen. I want to make sure I got it right. Praise God. Just like the firstborn, no doubt. Now tell us that instruction again, Dad. <laughs> what exactly are we supposed to be doing? What are we looking for? I can imagine the firstborn going out and finding the lamb. I want to inspect this thing really, really good because it's not supposed to have any blemish. This is not some activity that can just be nonchalantly approached. This is serious business. 
Amen. If you're serious about your soul, get in the word of God and understand and recognize. Baptism in Jesus' name is where the blood is applied to your life. And guess what? It's everywhere in the scripture. I don't know where some people have just forgotten all of this. It's in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I don't know where people all of a sudden just threw together some words, some kind of confession or something. Listen, you need to repent of your sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that is poured out onto your life. There are some things about this day that look back to the past. I am so thankful that I'm in this house because when I look back into my past, there's a lot of reasons why I shouldn't be here. And there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't be here. You should have been long gone, forgotten. But God reached out to you, saved you, picked you up, allowed you opportunity in the house of God. And when we look back at our past, all we can do is throw our hands into the air and say, God, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for the power. You brought me out of bondage. You gave me an opportunity. Praise God. You pulled me from addictions and dysfunction and abuse. And you gave to me a peace and a confidence that I never would have had. Hallelujah. I was in prison. Either there literally figuratively or symbolically I was chained and shackled but thank God in my past that is in my past because God has done great things there's no shackles on my hands there's no chains on my feet I come to the house of God tonight to give him praise and worship him and thank him for what he brought me from and how he saved me from my past. Mm, 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 mm. So on this day, I'm going to work some more on it. I think I've preached it. I'm going to preach it again and work on it. The Lord hath prepared me a table in the presence of mine enemies. I think, I think this is just me. I don't think, I don't think that was just uh, the psalmist throwing that out as pretty lyrics I think it was prophetic I really do I mean you don't think of it that way but I, th I think it was that way and I'm gonna build that because that's powerful in the presence of my enemies a table has been prepared for me there's a lot of tables that have been mentioned table of the king and then you get into the New Testament and it's the table of the Lord and the supper of the Lord is a table that is spread in the presence of mine enemies the naysayers and the haters spitting vapors on the dream of God picking me up and changing me. He establishes a table in the presence of mine enemies. People that say you'll never amount to anything, you won't make it, it won't last. The Lord prepares a table in the presence of mine enemies. Every single enemy that you can think of, the accuser of the brethren, the devil, Satan, evil spirit everything that wants to come against me there is a table prepared what is the table it's the lord's body it's his blood and it's his flesh that is symbolically represented in the wine and in the cracker it's all there it was broken for me no matter what the enemy says i have a table tonight in this place i have opportunity to participate in what he richly has done so my past the past things i need to be thankful for because in this day it's a look back to my past praise god when you take and participate of the lord's supper you cannot help but think back as to what you once were i want you to think about it just for a minute all over this place i want you to think about who you were really who you were i want you to think about you at your worst not at your best because oh we want to always put forth the best we want it's kind of like the man with the withered hand Jesus Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. And the man with the withered hand had an opportunity to do what? Was he going to stretch forth his good hand or was he going to stretch forth his bad hand? We always stretch forth the good hand. We don't want to show anybody the withered hand. I want you to think about yourself at your worst, the bottom. Praise God. When you participate in this service tonight, I want you to think about in the past, you at your worst. And now think about how far God has brought you. 
man, there should be nobody here in this place without a hand lifted, a worship on their lips, a thankfulness in their heart, because God saved you from that. He saved you from that. He pulled you out of that. Thank you, Sister Comer. You remember, don't you? <laughs> you remember, don't you? But thank God, because there's a table, and this day represents the old things are way behind me. Praise God, praise God. The old things are behind me. And so on this day, it's a look back to the past. And here we are in the present. We're in the present. I want to live for God in the present. I can't live for God in the past alone. The past is behind me. Yesterday is behind me. Today is a new day. Be careful you don't live in the past. If you live only in the past, you'll never do anything for God in the present. You need to be very cautious here. People receive the Holy Ghost. Wow, that's awesome. Tomorrow's a new day. More people need to receive the Holy Ghost. Right? Right? Man, we had powerful church Sunday. That was awesome. Yeah, but there's Tuesday. Tuesday's coming. Tuesday's coming, and then another Sunday's coming if the Lord wills, and he is, and, and we're still here. So you can't rest on, man, that was a powerful revival. No, we, we've got, we got more to do. We're always, we're always in the present. We're always living in the present, not in the past. And so this day looks back to where God pulled us from, but we're also in the present. Today, right now, we're in the present. We're in the present historically. This year has been living in the present. You know, I complained. I, I, I still complain about 2020. Nobody will ever forget 2020. <clears throat> right? <laughs> Nobody will ever forget it. So if we're not careful, we start complaining about 2020, right? Until I got a text from a new convert in this church. Put me on my knees. And you know who you are. I'm not going to call you out by name, but you said, thank you, because 2020 has been one of the best years of my life. I lived a life that was full of all kinds of junk and stuff. And somewhere in 2020, in a tent revival, I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've never experienced anything like this in my entire life. Praise God. Praise God. Why? We're living in the present. We're in the present. There may be turmoil and confusion, but in the present, God's doing great things. In the present, in the present, in the present. Look for what God is doing now. Look for what God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's thank God together. Lord, I praise you. All right, go ahead, sis. Come on, that right there is a cry of thanksgiving. Come on, let's thank him together with her. Praise God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. We need to be thankful. We need to be grateful. If we're not careful, we'll only focus on the negativity and the cloud of the suspicion that is over the whole earth. Praise God. But in the house of God, redemption is still happening. Salvation is still occurring. Holy Ghost is still moving.
Praise God. I think there's more to that, isn't there? Send me the rest of it. <clears throat> Praise God, on a night like tonight, I refuse to follow the trajectory, it's one of my favorite words, of the world that is trajecting itself into negativity and fear and disappointment and frustration. Did you know more people died in San Francisco from drug overdoses in the, late, in, in the last few days than COVID-19? Nobody's reporting that though. You won't see that on the front lines. Praise God, I mean, I, I can't. You know, God knows how to speak to you through babes and sucklings. Today we were having lunch and Sister Stephanie was telling us some things that Cashin was saying. She walked out of the house with too much in her hands and fell out of her hands. And he said, Mom, that's why you use two hands. <laughs> thanks, thanks, okay. I think I've been complaining just a little bit just a little bit Eight thirty-three a.m. on a Wednesday I hope it's not too early. I just wanted to ask for prayer. Took a leap of faith. Quit my job so that I could put God first in my life. Missing service just isn't an option. I want to help with anything the church needs. I believe God closed that door for me because of prayers, and I believe he will provide. Hmm. I said, well, that makes me a little nervous about stepping away from your job. However, your motives are right, and God will honor that. You've got much to offer, drive, enthusiasm, a great spirit. God will open a door for you, and that's what I will be praying for, that God will honor your determination to live for him and provide. After all, he's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. I feel bad 2020 has been awful to everyone, but this has been the best year of my life. Be careful that you don't lose that edge right there. That edge right there is what's going to keep you saved. The Lord's Supper, it's a look back from where God brought me and I'm living in the present right now, in the present. And when I drink of his blood and I take of his flesh in the Lord's Supper symbolically I'm also looking forward because the future is coming at me fast <laughs> and so I look back and I see where God has brought me from anybody thankful for that yes we're thankful and I find myself standing right now in the present thanking God for everything that I'm even here. And rushing toward me is the future that is coming in which God says, I'm going to wipe away every tear. There's going to be no more pain and no more sorrow. 
I'm preparing a better place for you. You just stay busy in the kingdom of God, but rushing towards you quickly, quickly, quickly is the coming of the Lord. And I'm coming with power and majesty and glory. When you participate in the Lord's Supper until he come, the past, the present, and the future all come together. You say, well, I don't know what tomorrow holds. It doesn't matter because he holds the future. <laughs> can I trust stepping in tomorrow? Yes, you can, because he holds the future. And he's with you. I don't know if I can make it through things that have happened and transpired in life. Will I make it tomorrow? Yes, you can. Because God holds every bit of the future and it's all in his hands. And it's coming to meet you because of Calvary, because of Calvary. He's brought all of, he's brought all of those pieces together. And here we stand in the house of God, participating in the Lord's Supper. Say, turn the house lights off. Why don't we just right now close our eyes for just a moment. and reflect on the past, where we are in the present, and a bright, bright, bright future. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Each and every one of us are miracles sitting on church pews. Amen. People would have written us off. There should be no reason why we're even here. But it's because of Calvary. <laughs> it's because of Calvary. It's through the blood that was shed. It was through his body that was broken for you and for me. Did you slip up a hand? Say, Lord, I'm so thankful, very thankful. I don't need to go try to collect holy water somewhere and sell it. I'm not trying to find blood somewhere and package it. I'm not trying to find his body somewhere. Praise God. It was one sacrifice once and for all. Amen. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Gave to me a hope that maketh not a shame. Praise God. If this is your first communion service, I got to tell you, the spirit that I feel in this place is the best spirit that I've ever, ever felt. And it happens this way at every single service because I'm looking in the past, I'm seeing where I am in the present, and I know that God has great things in the future. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Just a quick word. Let me say just a quick word. Coupled with that last service, that last service, Jesus gave them all these instructions and he told them all these things. And they were so busy, they didn't recognize nor understand. They're too busy talking among themselves. They didn't realize somebody was at their feet. And they looked down, thinking it was the servant of the house. It was the culture of the day for the servant to take care of the guests that came in and washed their feet. To their shock and amazement, it wasn't the servant. It was Jesus. The King of kings and Lord of lords was kneeling at their feet as a suffering servant, washing their feet. Peter, say what you want about Peter, but he exemplifies all of us. He said, you're not washing my feet. He's trying to take up for Jesus. We've, we've seen you do miracles. We saw you from your first miracle, King of Galilee at the wedding. We, we saw all this. There is no way possible.
that you're washing my feet. Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Jesus was trying to point out to each and every one of them the way into the kingdom of God is to come as a servant. When should a child participate in the Last Supper? When the child has been baptized and is cognizant of what baptism means, the blood has been applied to their life. They'll understand the supper. They'll get that. When should they participate in foot washing? Foot washing as early as you can get them to participate because they need to learn something from a very early age. It's about serving God. When somebody is washing your feet, you should be looking them at them as not Jonathan or Bryson or Michael or Carter or Jamal or Emmanuel. That's not any of them, that's Jesus. Just as they, first, they, they mistakenly thought it was the servant, don't mistakenly just call out Brian Gregg. That's not Brian Gregg. That's Jesus. What should I be praying when Jesus is washing my feet? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> you tell me. If Jesus came and was washing your feet tonight, what would you say to Jesus? Don't rush through foot washing. Don't make it a tradition. It's Jesus serving you. I'll tell you what I pray. I don't deserve you serving me, Lord. I feel so unworthy and humbled that the God of glory that's sovereign to you, do you even realize my failures and mistakes and faults? The ugliness I don't want anybody to see. Oh, wait a minute, you do, right? Because you're the Lord. <laughs> you do. When I'm washing somebody's feet, it's not me washing their feet. I have the opportunity to step in the shoes of the master and say, God bless. Wherever these feet are going, Bless them. Let your mercy be upon them. Let your faithfulness be with them. God, expand their territory beyond what they could even think or imagine. ministry come and prepare to serve tonight brother Martin Fields during one of our singspirations he introduced a particular song and I just before service I was sitting with him and I looked it up a POW preacher. POW was an apostolic organization that was largely African American. <clears throat> and there was a giant of a man. His name was G.T. Haywood. And the story goes that he squirreled away himself into his office and told his wife don't bother me. 
I'm going to spend some time in prayer and, and meditation. And she would bring his food to his door and knock on his door. And say, GT, your food is here. She'd come back a little later. Food would still be there. He didn't touch it. He didn't touch it for a week. And he came out of his office on that Sunday morning. He walked straight to the pulpit without accompaniment. He started singing this song. I've chosen to sing this song tonight as the ministry serves you. On Calvary's heel of sorrow where sin's demands were It's waves 
sing that verse again. Come on. When gloom and sadness whisper, that has not been served if you've not been served please raise your hand so we can make sure that we get to you all right thank you gentlemen for doing a great job amen verse number four and when we reach the portal where life glad we're gonna sing this for eternity oh yes I see received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he break it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me and we take of the bread After the same manner also he took the cup and when he had supped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me and we drink the cup. Praise God. Praise God. 